Go Cox! Woo! Welcome back. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to episode 65 of Cox by 90. I am your host, show me your TDs. Man, I've been waiting a long time to say that. Be back in front of this mic and talking to you all beautiful people on what would be Friday morning for what is the release of episode 65. It's been a while. Been on a little hiatus. I had to take some time away from talking Gamecocks, especially behind this mic as baseball season started crumbling. Frank Martin got fired. It was just absolute destruction for a couple months there and I'm a positive Gamecock fan. I will always tell people I see things with the garnet glasses on. I do tell it how it is, but there was no way I was going to keep getting behind this mic and just talking, I don't even want to say trash, but talking negatively about our program. So I took some time off. I've enjoyed the summer, but I'm back, baby. Back like Cook Crack and my good friend Corey Boyd. And it feels great. It feels great to be a Gamecock. And you all should feel ecstatic about this coming football season. Now let's look back into the summer before we jump into football because I think it's important to look about how we got here. And we might not touch all football here in the summer recap because we've been making shockwaves across all men's sports over the summer. What better way to start it off within our men's basketball team. And Gigi Jackson, the number one player in the 2023 class who decommitted from North Carolina, which is the first ever recorded decommitment ever from Chapel Hill, commits to the Gamecocks in Lamont, Paris. And not only does he commit, he reclassifies to 2022. He's currently on campus in Columbia and ready to make some noise in Colonial Life Arena this coming fall and winter. Huge, huge get for Lamont Paris. I can't, t- I can't begin to even tell you the number one player in the nation in basketball is going to put it on Garnet and Black and be on playing on our court. I think that's absolutely fantastic news for Lamont Paris, but also for fans. This season... While I still think it's going to be a little rough, is going to have an exciting prospect, a top five, potentially top three NBA draft pick playing on the hardwood. It will be fun to go to Gamecock basketball games this season. Get excited. But basketball season is a couple months away. How about some baseball news? I'm recording this podcast here on Thursday, and right before I got behind the microphone, Monty Lee coming back and joining the Gamecocks and his assistant head coach. You gotta love the move. Head coach of Clemson for the past couple years. Before that was at College of Charleston, and then Many of you all remember him for our early College World Series runs in the early 2000s. And ultimately, he laid the foundation of the program along with Ray Tanner to get us in the position to where we won back-to-back national championships and played for a third. So couldn't be more excited about that hire. You know, if you're looking at the baseball team, the moves we've made over the summer, 
brought in tons of transfers. We brought in two from the Taters and the Upstate guys that I think will make an impact on the field. But ultimately, I was reading Gamecock Central today, and Colin Taylor put out an article that was shared by Baseball America that we have five of Baseball America's top 100 transfers joining our program this year. You got Firearm Roman Kimbrell coming from Notre Dame. You got Will McGinnis, who's belted 16 home runs last year for Southern Miss. You got all-conference power hitter from Memphis, Jacob Compton. 55 RBIs last year and 11 home runs. And then Oral Roberts outfielder Caleb Denny, who belted double-digit home runs and had 57 RBIs. So again... Looking back at what was a negative before I came back on and in front of this microphone, we've had positive, positive movement in both basketball and men's baseball. I think there's a lot of good things going on right now. A lot of good things going on outside of just talking about football. So I wanted to highlight those. Also this summer, we have had a busy, busy, busy recruiting season. Beamer and company have absolutely killed it on the road these past couple of months. we got seven four-stars currently committed. As of right now, when I'm recording this podcast, Xavier McLeod has not committed, but I do expect him to jump in the boat and be our eighth four-star joining the class And that would give us three of the top four players staying in-state, putting on the garnet and black, and representing the University of South Carolina. Huge, huge news coming on Thursday, too. Nicholas Harbor, out of Maryland, big-time defensive end. Also could be, from what I've read, a tight end prospect. Joining the fold for an official visit for the Georgia game. It's what's shaping to be a huge official visit weekend Five-star. I mean, this guy, one of the most athletic freak specimens I've seen since Clowney, and we're getting him on campus. That is just big-time moves from Beamer and company. Shout-out, Jimmy Lindsay, our defensive line coach. He's been making some noise, too. We picked up some crystal balls today, looking at Gamecock Central for four-star defensive lineman Xavier Hardy and Desmond Ulazuli. I probably didn't say his name right, but he's a four-star and he's a stud. We're battling out Ohio State for him. He'll be deciding in 10 days. Things are looking positive for the Gamecocks. That would bring us up to 10 total four-stars for the class with a couple still in play to get us into double-digit four-stars, and we're starting to reload this roster with a ton of talent especially along the line of scrimmage. I think we have the best offensive line class we've had maybe ever come in this coming season. Shout out to Greg Adkins, Sam Survey for making that happen. And this defensive line class is going to be one of, if not the best in the nation, one of the top five defensive line classes in the nation. And I think you just have to look at the line of scrimmage as somewhere that Shane Beamer and our staff put heavy, heavy focus on this off-season and recruiting season because recruiting season never stops and we've been able to make some headways. Shout out to Taylor Edwards too. I know he's running the show from behind the scenes making sure that we're getting the best players and we're giving ourselves the best chance to get the best players so he's doing one heck of a job. Recruiting is fun. It's year-round. It gets exhausting 
But I think for Gamecock fans who don't follow it as much as I do or other Gamecock fans, just know we're in good hands right now with Beamer and the trajectory that we have with this program as it relates to bringing in big-time talent to compete with the big boys here in the SEC. Looking at the summer, we had a huge event at Hall's Chop House. I partnered with Gamecock Bourbon Society on the 30th of July to bring in over 100 people into Halls 2 and 3 in downtown Charleston. We had a heck of a time. Jimmy Lindsay came, spoke to the crowd. Parker White was there. I can't thank Billy Hall and the Halls team enough for giving us the opportunity. But I did want to tell you all that if you missed that, you can't miss our next one because our next one is going to be at Halls in Columbia the Friday night before the opening game, 4 to 6 p.m. RSVPs are full, and what we did for our RSVPs who did it early, we're giving them a free drink when they attend, and we're also giving them two raffle tickets instead of one for those who show up. We're still taking walk-ins, so if you're in Columbia on Friday, make sure that you get there 4 to 6 p.m., I'm excited to see all of our good Gamecock friends again and know that when we get to that moment, we would be less than 24 hours away from kickoff when it all ends, and that just gives me chill bumps down my arms, down my spine, all the way through my legs. I'm getting pumped up just talking about it right now, and you all should be too. Basketball's rolling. Baseball's rolling. Football recruiting is rolling right now. Events are taking off. This is great. It's great to be a Gamecock, and it's great to be behind this mic. All right, this is a little personal news I wanted to share with you all. It relates to the Gamecocks. But in May of 2022, I took on a project probably bigger than I thought I could handle, and I had this vision. I wanted to create a Gamecock house. I saw there's only one other school that's done this, and it's Oregon, I don't know how well it's doing for them. I don't know if they actually had a Gamecock fan behind the house, more so or less, a business that did it. But I sought out for months and months to find a house that was close to williams Bryce Stadium, close to downtown, close to campus. And what I wanted to do was create essentially a Gamecock house, a house where when you walk in, you feel the passion, you feel the school, you feel the band playing in your ears because it has that much Gamecock allure to it. So I found a beautiful house right off Rosewood with a big fenced-in backyard, and inside of it, I was able to create and build out a vision that today, now that it's all completed, I can't believe that it's done, but it happened. And the vision was to build a museum inside the house that took essentially what would have been a dining room or a connecting room in between the kitchen, the living room, and the bedrooms, and I turned it into a Gamecock museum. So you'll go in there, you'll see Connor Shaw signed footballs with 17 and 0. You'll have Steve Spurrier signed pictures. You got other footballs and a Don Staley signed basketball. You've got all this memorabilia. When you walk in, you've got these great prints from Gamecock Vista that has the back-to-back national champions. You got Jackie Bradley, Michael Roth, everybody who signed it. I mean, it's incredible. And when you walk into this museum, you just feel the passion. And you're saying, Jeff, why are you telling me about a Gamecock house you built? Because why I did this house is specifically to support our Gamecock athletes and to support the NIL movement 
which is taking the NCAA and all teams across America by storm. I don't want us to get left behind. So I said, and again, I saw this Oregon that did it at the end of last year. I, I don't know if they did it with as much passion and love as I put into it. But the idea is that I'm going to have a player who will be named this weekend that I'll be getting with at Steel Hand. Shout out Gamecock Central putting on a big event there. And he's going to be our NIL player that's featured inside the house. So we'll have Gamecock memorabilia from this player, game use memorabilia, where we'll have it highlighted on the walls, essentially gloves where little kids can measure their hands up against the player's hands and things of that nature. But I'll compensate them for advertising. We'll be able to give away people who stay inside the house, signed mini football helmets. So as of right now, we've already got four of the seven home game weekends booked. So there's still three open spots left. So to be able to compensate our players during football season, as we switch over to basketball season, I'll pick up an NIL basketball player. We'll get his and her, because I want to do something with the women's too. We'll get their gear inside the museum, and then we'll move it into baseball too. So I'll be able to compensate them for advertising, and then I'll give them a little uh, code. So when people want to come stay at the house, if they use their code, I can compensate them too as well for times that they were able to do the advertising and it turns into people staying. So I expect this to ultimately be one of the first of many opportunities that we can create for our players through ideas like an Airbnb Gamecock house. I want our Gamecock fans to think big. I don't want to think that you have to take $1,000 in cash and put it in a player's hand. Maybe, again, that works. May not be illegal, but it works. But with NIL, there's so many different possibilities. So this Gamecock house, which is called the CB90 house, you can find on Airbnb at www.airbnb.com slash H slash CB90 house. So again, this house is built for when you come in. There's a 65-inch TV. There's comfortable sofas. Everything in this house is brand new. All the bedrooms have 55 inches. My favorite part of the house is the kitchen. has a 65-inch TV in the kitchen where you can wake up, cook eggs, and watch game day. And then a huge backyard with a solo stove, Adirondack chairs, you name it. It's all there. I want you to wake up, and you're going to be pissing Gamecocks. That's what this house will do for you. So I have to put that in there because, again, everybody that books it is going to be giving back not only to our players but our university I'll be taking proceeds. Obviously, you have to cover the house's mortgage and things like that. But everything that's proceeds will be going back into the Gamecock program. And so I look at this as an opportunity for us to all come together as Gamecocks because you're getting to stay inside a Gamecock house. You're supporting Gamecock players. And ultimately, you're getting to stay in probably the most badass place in Columbia, if I had to say so myself. So if you're getting excited and you're listening to this right now, Make sure you check out my Instagram or Twitter. I have it pinned up to the top of my Instagram and see the final product. I think you're going to love it, and I hope you all take advantage of it when you come to stay in Columbia. I'm shutting myself off from talking about the CB90 house now, and we're moving into football talk. The team has kick-started this fall, and it feels great. We had a little crisp in the air over the past week, and I think it's because football is in the air. 
Ultimately, we're in week two of what will be two more weeks of camp before the first game. It's crazy to think that tomorrow we are only two weeks away from opening kick. That literally gives me a good feeling. I want to cover today as we're sitting here listening, and you are listening to me. I'm going to talk about the offense. I'm going to give you some things about what I've heard, what I've read, and ultimately some of just my opinion. And from there, we'll cover every single room. And then when we finish up, we'll talk about what will be on the next episode, episode 66, where we'll cover the defense, which will be next week. And we'll start getting into some game-by-game predictions. But looking at this offensive room, and from top to bottom, absolutely night and day from where we were at last year. I mean, last year, right now, we were talking about Zeb Nolan, a grad assistant, starting at quarterback for this team. Guy wasn't even planning to play football at all. He had been knocking back beers. Shoot, I've seen him at the tin roof. He's a good, dang good time as far as partying goes. But this guy had no plans to play football last fall. Doty gets hurt. We start looking around and saying, who else do we got? Nothing against Jason Brown because he came in there and, dang, played his tail off at the end of the year, but he was still adjusting to SEC speed. We had to get somebody in there that had had live game reps in the Division I, and we were able to get Zeb in there. If I look at our quarterback room right now, and we got transfer Spencer Rattler in from Oklahoma, he hasn't lost a starting game and has in 15 straight wins, he's fifth or 17 and two overall. 15 straight wins Spencer Rattler has right now. Hasn't lost in 15 games. That's, I can't tell you a Gamecock outside of Connor Shaw, and that was only at home that had that many straight wins. Everything that I'm hearing from talking with players this summer, spending some time around Columbia, talking to coaches, and from what I've read, Spencer Rattler is as advertised. He can make all the throws. He has got to be able to check the ball down, which is one of the biggest flaws that I've read about and that I've watched, and he's been able to grasp that and put a little bit of that more into the offense. It's extremely important for our running backs to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield because that's a big part of this offense, and Spencer has picked up on that. I'm expecting him to have a huge season And when I mean huge season, I'm thinking over 3,000 yards passing, 30-plus TDs through the air, that type of season, because he has the weapons. We've recruited well in the quarterback room, too. If you're looking at Tanner Bailey coming in, absolute four-star stud. We've been able to add a couple other guys. you got Brandon Davis. Then you also still got Colton Gauthier. And then you have Luke Doty with SEC experience. All those quarterbacks in the room, a lot better than the situation we were in last year. There's one name, though, that as we've talked about, when you have that little pencil and paper and you're writing things down, write this name down. Keep an eye on Jalen Daniels. He's a walk-on from San Diego, California. He was working out with Rattler and was noticed by our coaches 6'5", 220. He was behind multiple big-time high school QBs. His school got a little funky with COVID. They didn't play. Then he got injured. Ultimately, some things in the dice just not rolled his way. He was then going to go to the prep JUCO route, but he came into a camp. Our coaches saw him, saw this rocket arm, saw this athleticism he has, 
and said, hey, we're going to offer you a walk-on spot. He ended up taking that. And from everyone I've talked to, I would expect him to ascend up the depth chart this fall and potentially be competing with Luke Doty in that backup role. And he's somebody that I'd star and say potential quarterback for the future if Rattler has the season I expect and everybody expects him to have. Put that name down, Jalen Daniels. Quarterback room is the best it's been in a long time. At running back, we got a leader in the clubhouse, Marshawn Lloyd. You can see from the ESPNU documentary that he is back to full speed. He's got that booby spin. He's got the burst. I know he's a little nicked up right now, but it's nothing serious from what I've heard and what I've read. Again, I go to Gamecock Central. Those guys are killing it over there. We've got Christian Bill Smith from Wake Forest. He's going to be the guy that's getting touches this year, too. You've got Juju McDowell, and then you got Lavoisier Carroll transferring from the Georgia Bulldogs. Four-star running back, top 100 player. I expect him to be in the mix for some carries as he gets acclimated to the running back position, switching back over from defensive back where he was at Georgia. Going back to Marshawn Lloyd, if he stays healthy, five-star running back out of Delaware, he's got all the tools to be successful. I can see Marshawn Lloyd having a 1,000-yard breakout season if we can keep him healthy in our offensive line, which we'll talk about in a little bit, can stay on the path to success. Now, a name to keep an eye on. You're going to be like, what are you talking about, CB90? Jaheim Bell. Been told by a little birdie inside the program that Jaheim Bell is going to have a pretty big presence when it comes to us running the football this season. If you're taking notes, you're like, huh, I don't know if I've heard that where anywhere. Well, CB90 told you so. I expect Jaheim Bell, if healthy, if healthy is an asterisk, to go over the century mark 100 yard or 100 carries this season. What does that result in? Five, 600 yards rushing? Could he be a Debo esque type player? He's got all the tools. If he has the season I expect him to have, he should be on track to be a first round draft pick next year. He's got all the tools to be successful. So looking at the running back room, again, leader in the clubhouse, Marshawn Lloyd, named to keep an eye on, Jaheim Bell. Looking at the wide receiver room, what a difference a year makes. This time last year, we were wondering if anybody could catch a ball. This year, we've added Juice Wells, Corey Rucker, to a room that already has Josh Fan, who was one of the leading SEC receivers last year. You got Dak Joyner back. You got Xavier Leggett who came on at the end of the year. You got Amarian Brown who came on at the end of the year. Had a huge bowl game. And then you had newcomer Landon Sampson from Texas. A guy who I expect to be able to get into the rotation. A possession receiver. A guy that could be our little Hunter Renfro. I hate even talking about Clemson players. But I'll tell you this. I expect Landon Sampson to make some noise on this team and in this offense. For a name to keep an eye on in the wide receiver room, Corey Rucker came in from Arkansas State, set the NCAA freshman record for receiving yards in one game last year. He had over 300 yards in one game. I had an opportunity to spend some time with him. We went bowling with him, myself, and Mike Yuva. Had a great time, and I can't speak 
highly enough about this individual's personality, his character, and I got a, just a sense of the type of people that Coach Beamer's looking to bring into our program. Corey Rucker is one of those guys that when you get around him, he's got an infectious smile. The guy is a dang good bowler, although the last time we bowled together, I came out on top. So get your bowl game ready, Corey. I'll tell you this. I'm bullish on Corey. I think he had close to 1,000 yards receiving last year, double-digit touchdowns. Put Corey Rucker as a guy that's going to make some noise here this off, or this season in the Gamecock uniform. Looking at the tight end room, bringing in Austin Stogner from Oklahoma. Little package deal with Spencer Rattler. He's a big-time playmaker. I was in – shoot, I was getting a little workout in the other day. They were playing a Oklahoma-Texas recap, and Stogner made some big plays in that game as well. You got Jaheim Bell, who's also in the tight end room. We've added Nate Adkins, who's Greg Adkins' son. He was a standout at East Tennessee State. You got Trevon Kenyon, who also turned it on at the end of last year. This tight end room really does have a chance to be the best in the SEC and potentially the nation. And that means I'm even talking about better than Georgia. Garnet Glass is on. You can't tell me that Stogner and Jaheim Bell can't go up toe-to-toe with everybody. I like what I'm seeing there. Name to keep an eye on in the tight end room, Stogner. I don't think people are talking about him enough. The guy has played big-time football, Division I football, at a winning program in Oklahoma, and performed at a high, high level. With that chemistry that him and Rattler have, I expect it to be a huge, huge season for Stogner and ultimately setting ourselves up for Jody Wright to go out and be able to recruit well for future tight ends, knowing how we utilize them in this system. The tight end room is in very good hands. Last but not least, we're going to talk about the big uglies. We return all five starters. And as it stands today, you have a Wanham and Wanamaker battle, dueling it out at right tackle. You got Jalen Nichols holding down the left tackle position. You got Vershawn Lee and Javon Gwynn headlining the guard position. And then you got Super Senior, who was highlighted on the ESPNU Welcome Home Show Wednesday night, Eric Dudless at center. Looking at the offensive line, that's where I played at Buford High. Had a great, great, many, many great seasons there. But one thing I know about the offensive line is that you have to form a bond. You have to have that chemistry. Many people don't understand is that you have to have extraordinary communication with your offensive line to be able to pick up blitzes, to be able to do those chocolate chip blocks to get to the second level. When players have played with each other for multiple years in a row, you have to assume they're going to get better. This is only the case with our Gamecocks. I don't expect us to have a top three offensive line. I don't think our coaches expect us to have a top three offensive line. But what I can say is with the communication and the experience that we're bringing back, I don't think we're going to be in that bottom three like we've been in the past couple years. And I expect that the top out potential for this offensive line could be in that 6-7 range for the SEC. So, that being said, they got to live up to their potential. They got to stay healthy. And a guy like Dylan Wanham, who's got NFL potential all over him, he's got to get that back in a really good spot. Because if we could pin down those tackle spots and have our 
guys duking it out at guard and center, we're going to put ourselves in a really, really good position. I like Nate Atkins in the tight end position being a blocking tight end to help secure some of those tackle and offensive line potential holes that we have. So I'm not going to tell you I'm bullish on the offensive line. I don't think anybody else is going to tell you that they're bullish on the offensive line. But I will tell you is this. I think that as of right now, we're a bottom-tier offensive line. I think we're probably only better than Vanderbilt, Missouri, and maybe even Ole Miss. But I think that we can work our way into, again, that middle part of the SEC. Name to keep an eye on on the offensive line, Tyshawn Wanamaker. Coaches are looking at Wanam and his back, from what all accounts, it looks healthy. Him and Wanamaker are dueling it out. But we can't keep Wanamaker off the field. That guy's a big-time player on the offensive line. I would expect that if Wanam beats out Wanamaker, that we would slide him into guard and potentially compete with Vershawn Lee. And you can't beat competition. Competition only makes everybody better. So my expectation would be, again, if Wanam wins out, we move Wanamaker inside, and he's able to be one of those rotational pieces at the guard spot I can promise you our starting five offensive linemen are not going to be the same starting five every game this season. There will be injuries. We need people to be able to come in, play multiple spots, and Wanamaker is going to be one of those guys that can play at the tackle and guard position and I think is going to be one of our secret weapons this year on the offensive line. Overall, if you're looking at this offense, you have to breathe a sigh of relief. We're talking about big-time playmakers. We're talking about returning five starters on the offensive line. We're bringing in what was presumed to be the number one overall pick in this last year's NFL draft. Had he stayed at quarterback for Oklahoma, didn't get beat out by Caleb Williams, he was having a dang good season. You've heard me say that before. We've got the pieces in place to put in a big-time offense production this season. You have to stay healthy. Everybody knows that. But again, I think Rattler can put up 30-plus TDs through the air in this offense. I think Marshawn Lloyd can be a 1,000-yard rusher. I've heard Coach Satterfield speak. He wants this offense to score four touchdowns a game. He wants us to win the turnover margin. So my prediction for this offense would be that we'll be averaging close to 30 points per game this season. If we're able to do that, And the defense, which we'll talk about next episode, steps up in what I believe it can with the playmakers it has, then we should be in a position to potentially upset some teams that the experts don't think that we can do, which for Gamecock fans would create an opportunity for a sunny January down in Florida. Looking... At next week, we'll be talking about a defensive preview. We'll get fall camp updates from what I'm reading and sharing. It sounds like today was the last day for media to be out there, so I have to tap into some of those sources. And then I'll pass along some recruiting updates as well. Again, Xavier McLeod, by all accounts, by the time, maybe even I'm finished recording this podcast, should be in the boat. And if that's the case... Eight four-stars, Xavier Hardy, Dez, two more four-stars along the defensive line. You got to love what Jimmy Lindsey's doing. Ten four-stars heading into the football season. That's a big, big, big momentum swing 
for the Gamecocks. And you got to love what you're seeing. This Saturday, I'll be at Steel Hands for the Gamecock Central event. I recommend that you all, if you're in and around Columbia, that you get out there. I think it's like 1 to 11. Patrick Davis and the Midnight Choir will be playing. It's going to be a lot of fun. So if you're around Columbia, make sure you get out there. I talked about it at the beginning of the episode, but if you're in Friday before the first game, make sure you get out to Halls. We'll be there from 4 to 6 p.m. Partner with my good friends from Gamecock Bourbon to throw one heck of a good time. We'll have a bunch of raffle prizes doing some season and game predictions. So I'd love to see you all there. And last but not least, I talked about it again and I'm going to say it again. If you're looking for a place to stay in Columbia this fall, look no further than the CB90 house. It has everything you need from a game day perspective. It has eight beds, so you'll be able to, or six beds, you'll be able to sleep as many people as you want. You'll be able to experience all the game day feeling inside the house. And I promise you, you won't miss a play because there's TVs everywhere. So check it out, airbnb.com slash H slash CB90 house. With that being said, the episode's coming to an end. I thank you all for being loyal CB90 supporters. If you haven't, please follow me at Cox underscore by underscore 90 on Twitter, on Instagram. I love interacting with you all. It's one of my favorite parts about being a Gamecock fan is the Gamecock community. So I appreciate you all. Appreciate the continued support. I know I put out that I was putting a podcast out this Friday and all the love and support that I got from you all, the positive comments, it just makes me feel warm inside and gets me excited to do what I love doing, and that's talking to Gamecocks. So look forward to getting behind the mic again next week. If you need anything, shoot me a DM, and especially if you need any Gamecock gear, go to www.coxby90.com to get your hats, shirts, rally towels, stickers for this fall. Have a great weekend. I hope you all are excited as I am about this upcoming season. And let's shake this place!